All right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to the third episode of the Barrel Brothers Podcast. This is uh, David and my co-host, Brian. What's going on, Brian? How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. It's been a week. Yes. Yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell everybody, our listeners, what we're going to be uh, talking about today. Okay. Uh, so I've unofficially dubbed this episode Catcher in the Rye. What do you think of that one? <laughs> Jack. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today. Uh, so tonight we're going to um, try for me, it's the first time, uh, Michter's Single Barrel Kentucky Straight Rye. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and open mine on this end. Oh, yeah. I've already poured mine. I'm ready. There we go. Oh, Lord. I think I think Mitgers makes a, a really good product. Um, and for for all the listeners out there that are wondering how to pronounce it, I read online today if you take Michael and Peter and you mix it together. Mikters? Michter. Mikters. Okay. Mikters. Gotcha. Mikters. We're just two amateurs chopping it up, hacking it up here. <laughs> That's right. I <laughs> before today I was pronouncing it Mitchers. So That's all good. Um, All right, I'm going to let it sit for just a second. Um, yeah. And kind of let some of the heat come off the first pour out of there, the neck pour, I guess I should, I should say. <laughs> I've been reading. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your first uh, thoughts on the color? It's a, uh, it's dark. I mean, I think, I feel like the, the Mictor's bourbon and then this rye. They're both pretty dark. Yeah. This looks to me, um, now this is my inner fat guy coming out. It looks like the caramel inside a Twix bar. <laughs> it just looks like caramel to me. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not as hot on the nose as I thought it was going to be. No, it's not. I mean, it, you can definitely, you definitely get some pepper in there, but I don't think, I mean, I guess when you think of, about a rye well maybe we should go into what a rye is what a rye whiskey is yeah. Um, yeah, yeah yeah so in in the first episode we talked about bourbon in the second episode we talked about scotch um for for rye just like bourbon had to be 51 percent corn rye has to be 51 percent rye in the mash bill so um so that's why you get more of a a peppery, um, grainy smell versus a sweeter smell with bourbon. Um, I lean more towards bourbon <laughs> at this point in time, but rye's growing on me. Um, I, I like the ryes that are um, less in the rye mash bill, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for, and oh, for um, rye, it still has to be in uh, new charred oak barrels, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the constants between Kentucky straight bourbon and, and rye is that the mash bill is going to be a little bit different. So higher rye or higher in rye content or percentage is going to be your rise, but they both or all of them have to have um, that one constant of being aged in new charred oak barrels. Yes. What do you, this one, I mean, have you tasted it? Yet? No, not yet. What uh, have you, have you? Yeah, I just did. What um, are you getting? So, <laughs> I get a lot of peppery notes for sure. Uh, the website, when I was looking, I was reading about, about Michter's and 
as far as the Micker's rye, um, it says citrus, butterscotch, and oak. I definitely get a little bit of citrus when I'm tasting it. I don't get butterscotch at all. I don't get oak at all either. Maybe that's just my uh, unconditioned palate. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I took the first sip, and I'm I'm not getting a whole lot at first, except for well, it's coming off a little bit. Hang on. There's a little bit of like the vanillas, some some sweeter notes, maybe a little bit of caramel. Um, still getting the dark fruit, kind of like the the straight bourbon. I, I think that just has to do with the charred oak barrels. Um, yeah. Once it calms down on your on in your on your palate, it's really not that bad. But onset, man, that is peppery. It's peppery, but I wouldn't say it's overpowering. Like I don't. I'm not a huge peppery flavor guy, so I, I don't consider this something that I couldn't drink. Do you get anything? What about um, mint? Does that make any sense? Hmm. Not mint like a peppermint patty, but like one of the, like the uh, breath savers mints or something like that. Oh, just me. Yeah. Just you. I'm not getting that at all. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about, Brian. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, that's, I like it as far as a ride goes. And I think everybody on here, I beat this with a dead horse. Um, I'm a bourbon fan, so yeah. Rye's and scotches—they're they're new to me, and this one's not bad. I, I think this one's nice. This this could be an everyday rye. I think it's not it's not horrible, but this this would be one that I might put a splash of water in. Um, yeah, I might uh, throw it on the rocks. Yeah, I might I might actually. I don't think I have any bottles of water in here. Um, it's all good. Um, I'm going to do the, the first pour sh- straight just or neat the way it is and uh, mm-hmm. see if I can keep getting anything out of it. But so this, this is, I, uh, you know, when I go into a, one of our local spots, rye is not necessarily something that's at the top of my hit list. So I kind of breeze past all the stuff that's in the rye section, but um, I've noticed the last week or so um, as I've been uh, hunting and gathering, so to speak, um, Michter's has been on the shelves pretty regularly in most of the locations I've gone to, both their bourbon, their straight, bur- their their Kentucky bourbon, and their rye. So this is something that seems to be more readily available that hasn't sort of disappeared with the rest of the bourbons, if, if we can touch on that one again. Um, so I was able to get uh, the Michter's rye and the bourbon, and we'll have to try um their regular bourbon sometime in the in the near future but if i can go down another road uh the uh the missus and i had a little bit of a date night tonight and Ooh. we uh after after happy hour we stopped over at the uh the local spot by the restaurant and i walked in and sitting there on the counter was 
um, Whistle Pig 12 Rye, uh, Angel's Envy, and Angel's Envy Rye. And I know you had sent me a text or given me actually a call yesterday or day before and said that your local place had those things too. So I was like, ah, you know, the Angel's Envy is a, a pretty high price point. It was, it was about a hundred bucks for the rye. And I was going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then, you know, the, the manager and I were talking and well, come to find out it was the last bottle that they had. And if that sent me over the edge. I said, well, I've never seen it before. And this, there's a chance I'll never see it again. Uh, so I'll go ahead and get it. So I splurged and got it. Um, and then there is a, there was another one that I've had my eye on. There's a local, there's a local distillery here called Reservoir. Um, and they've got the, the lines of bourbons too. They've got rise, um, regular bourbons. I'm not sure if they do a scotch or not, but, um, I went ahead and picked up a bottle of the Hunter Scott bourbon whiskey. Uh, oh yeah. And it was, I think it was on sale. It was 35 bucks, which is pretty good. I mean, that's a, that's a good mid-level good mid good entry level bottle of bourbon um 750 milliliters 90 proof so that's that's gonna be a good one to try i think um and the label the label looks really cool um i'll have to send you a picture of it but anyway i've seen i have seen reservoir on the shelf and i um when i'm looking for bourbon i'll go in there and i see it every time and i'm like "Mm, do i do it do i do it and i have not i have not pulled the trigger yet but We'll have to we'll have to break out your bottle. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you and I have kicked this idea around too, where, um, you, you know, what's the worst they could say? No. So I've I've been thinking about crafting an email uh, to Reservoir Distillery to see if we might actually be able to do a podcast from the distillery and maybe speak with their uh, their master distiller or something like that. So I mean, it's kind of Man, yeah, it's kind cool. of a long shot, but I, I think that would be something that you know we would all enjoy collectively and and the listeners too. So. Um, more oh, to yeah. come on that, but, uh, uh, anyway, well, I think, I think it'd be cool to, to get the viewpoint from an expert, you know, one that does this for a living, not just a, a fun hobby like we True. Made it. <laughs> um, and really talk about their, their process and, um, I'm all for, for local games. So, yeah. uh, I think that would be, that would That'd be, be cool. pretty neat, but, um, Okay, so I guess back to Mictors um, for a little bit. So we went over uh, new charred oak barrels. It's got to be minimum 51% mash or minimum minimum 51% rye in their mash bill. Um, yep. So this um, this Mictors single barrel Kentucky straight rye is actually uh, 84.8 mm-hmm. proof. So almost 85 proof. Not, not crazy. Uh, not crazy up there. And it's, it's, it's tolerable. I, think, I mean, it's really not bad. I, some of the reviews I've read online, are, they give it a B grade or like a 3.8 out of five. If, you know, if you're new to this, you might want to go into the rye side of it slowly because it is a little bit hotter than your straight bourbons. Um, but it's, yep. it's certainly, I mean, it's enjoyable. It's, it's not really a bad pour. So. And when we say peppery, it's not like spicy, peppery, like when you think of like food, food wise. Right. It's um, it's more of a just. I don't even have to to describe it. Just a a peppery feel, you know. Um, 
Brian, <laughs> help me out here. Man. Oh, well, so <laughs> when I when I explain or describe something as peppery, it's hot on the nose and it's hot on the tongue at your first taste. So your some of your scotches are sweeter and smoother. Some of your bourbons are are most of your bourbons are going to be smoother because the sugar content um, and the mash bill um, and things of that sort. So this one is. I think it's just the rye part of it that, that leaves it a little bit hot. And I guess I'll switch to say it, it leaves your, your tongue a little hot um, and you might burn the hairs in your nose a little bit if, if you've got some in there. But again, this, yeah. this is a comfortable everyday rye pour. Um, and then and David, I think you and I usually have a habit of talking about what our, what our favorites are of whatever we're trying. Um, oh yeah. Do you have a, a specific rye? I mean, I know we've talked before and, you know, scotches necessarily aren't the, your first go-to arise in that sense either, but um, of what you've had at all, what, you know, does one speak to you more than another one? So out of the ones that I've had, so I've tasted uh whistle pig rye. I don't know. I don't think it was a 10 year. I think it was just the regular whistle pig rye. I've had Jack Daniels, Tennessee straight rye. I've had Rittenhouse rye. It's a bottled and bond. Um, I've had Woodford Reserve, Kentucky straight rye. Mm-hmm. And then I've had, um, of course, now Mickers and then Sazerac rye, which um, I would say Sazerac thus far has been my favorite. Okay. Um, that's a, that's what, 90 proof. Um, and it's, that's one of the, I don't, I don't know if I would consider it allocated, but it's one of the the harder ones to find, just like Buffalo Trace and Blends and Eagle Rare. It's pretty hard to find. I just happened upon a bottle this week, right? Um, so I'm I'm happy about that. But I, as of right now, Sazerac is my favorite. Okay, yeah, and from my side, um, I think my favorite just of the rise that I've had in the last few years is uh, Bullet. Bullet makes delicious yeah. uh, rye. And that's pretty readily available. Um, they had a whole shelf of it in the last two stores I went to. Um, so that's that's another one. But it, it's between fifty and fifty-five dollars for seven hundred fifty milliliters. Um, so wow! So it's significantly more expensive than the bourbon. Yeah, there the uh, bullet rye is is up there. Um, fifty fifty-five dollars. Um, I've seen it on sale before, but it's still in the forties. Um, usually ABC knocks off like three or four or five bucks, but, um, it's a good one to, to get and try. Um, again, if you're, if rye is your thing, um, we would love to hear from you and, and your thoughts on some <laughs> things that you might have. And I guess this would be a good opportunity to discuss that. Um, we're going to get some social media pages together too, to include Instagram, not sure about Facebook. Um, but we'll list some contact information, um, for email purposes where you can send, um, information, or if you even want to be a guest, or if you have a request for us to do something, um, that'll be a spot to do it. And we'll, uh, between this week's, uh, episode and next week's episode, we'll, we'll get that together and, uh, make it available. So be on, oh, yeah. be on the lookout for that. Um, it's, uh, I'm pretty excited about this, man. Like we've been talking about all along, we've talked about it for a while and I'm glad we took the opportunity to sort of get this set up to, to, to talk about everything mashed. It's, it's been an awesome go so far. And I hope it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Why not? The, um, 
have you, you know, and talking about, you know, Michter's specifically, like you said, you have not, not seen it. So every time that I've been in the ABC store, there's at least been one bottle of each mm-hmm. on the shelf. Sometimes there's a full shelf, uh, bourbon and rye. And I have not, Mickers especially, they make an American blend. They have the 10-year bourbon, right? I mean, I'm sure that they yeah. do some like different things like uh, toasted finishes and whatnot. But um, I think Mitgers is, is pretty readily available. And, um, you know, Rittenhouse, Jack Daniels, Bullet, you said too, is, is always on the shelves. Do you find as price point? Uh, rise versus bourbons. Do you find that rise are generally more expensive? Yes. And it's usually 10, 15, $20 more expensive. And um, I think the Michter's was $35, 30, 35, somewhere in there. Um, and then no, no, no. Now I'm, I'm thinking a bullet. I'm sorry. So the bullet was like 35 or 40. And then their bullet rye was 52 or 50 between 15, 55. Um, and then I think the Michter's was actually within a couple dollars of each other for the bourbon and, and then the, the, uh, the rye. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember the, uh, the rye being that much more than the bourbon for Michter's, but, um, I find that, I mean, with Angel's Envy, I mean, that's a huge price difference. 40, $45. Yeah. I was extremely that's surprised. That's a big jump. Which, you know. That's a Angel's Envy bourbon is an outstanding bourbon. The the uh, the port finished and this this the rye is a uh, Caribbean rum cask finish. Yep. So I can't wait to get into yeah, that. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be exciting. <laughs> and it's also hundred proof. So obviously the the higher the proof, the more you're gonna pay. But I think as a general statement, we would be pretty true in saying that uh, ryes are more expensive. Yeah, I would I would agree. Is that just um, because I mean, why do you think that is? Um, do you think, I don't really do you know. Think corn I, is I more know. readily available. Uh that's yeah, that that could be one one reason why. We'll have to we'll have to we'll have to dive into more on that. Yeah, we'll have to Any listeners know the answer, feel yeah. free to reach out. Well, just on a on a uh a quick a quick Google search. Um, you know, we're we're still learning our way through this side of it anyway, so why not uh read on some other subject matter experts? I know um huh, interesting. I'm Googling too, but <laughs> Mitkers um and I think other distillers use various methods on um setting their product aside from others. But Mickers especially, they use a process called heat cycling, um, mm-hmm. which I've read on this week. Heat cycling is, is kind of throwing heat at the barrels while they age in different times. So a lot of the distillers will use um, big warehouses with big garage doors, or they'll have like, mm-hmm. they'll have like vents on the, on the outside. And what they'll do is, during the heat cycle, they'll either raise the garage doors or open the vents and allow um, some warm air to flow through the warehouse. Because that's what makes um, 
Kentucky pretty, pretty uh, just a great place to age your bourbon and your in your rinds because it has all four seasons. Right, cold winters, hot summer, humid summer. Um, so getting that that heat cycling through every now and again um, lets the lets the whiskey inside react to the oak of the barrel differently in different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so going back to what makes rye uh, a little bit more expensive than something that's got um, 51% corn, you were, you were exactly right. So the rye ingredient um, by nature is more of an expensive ingredient than corn. Um, and somebody did a comparison at the time of this article where rye was four seventy five a bushel and corn was $3 and 48 cents huh. a bushel. So that's a pretty good difference price-wise in those two ingredients. Um, and then I'm sure logistics costs are in there and processing and um, actually getting it to the distillery and then them doing their thing with it. So, um, yeah, that, that makes that makes sense that, that rye is more of an expensive ingredient than corn is. Well, so, yeah, you were spot on, man. Good, I mean, good that's call. just me coming off the cuff, but... Um, I don't know a whole lot about rye, you know, what it takes to, um, to grow it and grow it successfully. I know corn is pretty, um, for the most part, it's pretty easy. I grew up in a farm town. All the farmers grow corn to feed their cattle. So, um, it's not, not a whole lot of work, you know, as far as upkeeping, but I I don't know anything about rye. So I'm not going to even try to dive into that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so one of the things to, to note, um, in order for it to actually be considered a rye whiskey, uh, it doesn't have to be produced in the U S which is, um, which is pretty neat. Um, and another fun fact is Canada (laughs) of all places has a, uh, longstanding tradition of using rye in their whiskeys, which is, which is pretty interesting. Our our, uh, fellows to the great white North. Who would have thought? (laughs) Caesars, yeah. You know, when you think about That's Canadian pretty... whiskey, I just uh, what's the classic Canadian whiskey that's on the tip of my tongue? It's Crown yes. Royal, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I just you got it. I just think that everything would taste like maple syrup. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's that's not right to think, but I've never been a huge fan of Crown Royal myself. Yeah, um, me either. I mean, it's like I've had the the Crown Royal apple, like the the green apple. Ooh. I mean, that's like that's like eating a piece of candy. So sweet. Yeah, I I think I've had the regular uh, Crown Royal and then the maple. I think those are the only two I've had. Um, but of course, you put maple crown in Bark's root beer or. <laughs> Uh, Coke. I mean, I know this was you know years ago, but it's wasn't the worst thing I've ever had to drink. But I, I, I you know, I probably wouldn't mind revisiting any of those um, for the spirit of science and research, naturally, um, to see what they taste like on their own. Yeah. But you know. Hmm. So, do knows? you like? Let me ask you this: 
Do you like a more high rye mash bill when it comes to rye? Or are you like me where you kind of like it more on the sweet side? Uh, definitely on the sweeter okay. side. So I, I, I want something that's not going to take the breath out of my lungs um, for on that high rye side. I'd, I'd like to sit back and relax and enjoy something a little bit sweeter. Um, so, yeah, it, I think you and I are in agreement with that. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually have a, a few dear friends of mine that uh, always joke, but they're, they're actually not joking. They, uh, they finish their nights when they're out with bourbon because the sugar is enough to sort of bring their buzz down, which I find very interesting because huh. if you're drinking mixed drinks and then throw bourbon on top, on top of it, you figure with, you know, balls to the wall, but no, it's, it's sweeter. It's, you know, higher sugar content. It, it sort of quells, you know, any of the, any of the buzz um, again, not, advertising drinking for sport and then chugging <laughs> bourbon to try to get rid of your your that you probably know, probably would not work out well for you no probably probably not and god for for the love of all things holy don't mix clear and dark liquors bad news bad news beers yikes and again the caveat here drink what you love love what you drink if you're gonna drink get a ride call a friend call an uber just be smart and make good decisions yep. drink responsibly yeah, absolutely. But um, so sort of steering away from the from the um, the ride discussion for a second. Uh, this week, holy Moses! So we had to attend a virtual conference because you know everybody's all the travel restrictions for who sure. I work for, and we usually fly out to the host site and you know we schedule meetings with people and. It's, it's usually a jam-packed four days, but the jam-packed four days were virtual, and they were also from my media room, my, my home office. And in those four days, we conducted 30-some meetings, all online, and we were able to do it successfully. But I, I'm off tomorrow, <laughs> and I thank God. Like, I just, I, how the hell did we get to the end of October already? Yeah. October went by extremely fast. I've been working from home since March 13th. I can't imagine. What did you say? 32 like, meetings? Yeah. We had thir- uh, 31 oh, meetings in four days. That sounds terrible. And, and we had to accommodate some of our European and Asian counterparts. So my, I usually start pretty early at you know, 6.15, 6.30, but you know, because of the time difference, Zulu's what six hours ahead, um, and then you know, our Asian counterparts, it was what 14, 16 hours. So, there's some really early mornings and some really late evenings. I'm not complaining. I love what I do, who I work for, and our mission. But sweet Jesus, it's nice to be done. <laughs> yeah, 31 meetings. It you might want uh, two or three pours tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have to go anywhere. It's, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's no, no sign of slowing down. We reorged. Well, that's good. Uh, pretty recent. Yeah, we, we reorged pretty recently and uh, got rid of some. Well, I won't go into it, but it's, it's all for it's all for the better and uh, sort of been a return to civility. So all good news. I mean, I, I complain about one meeting a week. 
let alone having 31. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's sort of a special circumstance, mainly because we don't get to go out a whole lot um, just because of how expensive travel is and, you know, who I work for. We try to make sure that most of our operating budget goes back into operations, but we do, you know, we have a travel budget and things like that. But uh, you try to send seven, eight, nine people out to a conference. Not only do you have the conference fees, but you've also got, you know, lodging, meals and incidentals. Yeah. Yeah, You got everything. So, but anyway, enough about that. It's Thursday. I'm off tomorrow. What's, uh, how are things out down South of the river? (laughs) (laughs) They're just, uh, good as gold, man. I'm, uh, still working you know haven't haven't missed any time due to the covid pandemic blessed blessed on that end um yep but i have you know i i usually stop into the abc store two to three times a week just to see what they have you know and i don't want to i have like a irrational fear of missing out on something so (laughs) yeah fomo fomo hard when it comes to the specialty bourbons so I yep. always try to make an appearance uh, two, three times a week at the, the two stores that are closest to me. Um, this week, like you said, you got the Angels Envy Rye. I was able to pick yeah. that up as well. And um, I was lucky enough to get a bottle of Sazerac and a bottle of Pikesville 110 proof uh, straight, straight, straight rye whiskey. Never had Pikesville before, so we might, uh, might be tasting that later and reviewing that later. Yeah. Um, I've heard All I've heard that. good things about Pikesville, but I just I've never had it. Okay. Um, but I've never even seen Pikesville rye. I think I've seen Pikesville bourbon on the shelf before, but never rye. Yeah, I was actually shocked when I walked into that store this evening and they had those three bottles sitting on the counter. And what was crazy to me is they had a case of the uh, Angels Envy Port bourbon. And none of them were gone. The uh, the whole case so, was there. The whole case was there. They had three cases: one of Whistle Pig Twelve Rye, one of the Angels Envy Rye, and I got the last bottle wow. of that. And then the um, what'd you call it? The port what? I think it's a port cask finish. There you go. And they had the full case of that and a bottle on the counter. Wow. So we um and you know when you sent me that uh, screenshot of the Virginia ABC email, I talked to the store manager there and he was like, well, uh, well, I asked him, I said, how, well, Oh, for those, for those that are listening, Virginia ABC has a lottery system for limited release bourbons and scotches and things of that nature. So um, those of us that are signed up for the email alerts, uh, they let us know that they are postponing the lottery system, I think due to the global health issues. So, in doing so they were able to build up enough of an inventory where they were going to make a few cases available of three or four whiskeys or bourbons, which was it, David? Are there four of them or three? No, of there's them? three of them. Um, I'm pulling up the list now. EH, EH Taylor, small batch was one of them. Elijah Craig 18. And I can't think of the third. It one. was uh EH Taylor barrel proof and single and barrel single proof. barrel. Okay. So two EH Taylor okay. juniors. And then, Elijah Craig, 18, and a Weller foolproof barrel. There you go. So it's limited to one. Um, you kind of get what you get. And then uh, the gentleman I spoke to this evening said that they're going to do a, a, a numbering system 
Um, and they weren't just going to have people, you know, going crazy in the store because everyone's trying to maintain social distancing and operating in a safe space and this and the other. So uh, I think they said noon on November 10th. Yeah. So uh, November 10th, that's when they're going to be become available for in-store purchase only. And uh, I feel like we're plugging for Virginia ABC, but the, the weird thing, Virginia ABC, there's, there's pros and cons, right? Um, pros I think are in this aspect. So they usually do a lottery system like Brian was talking about for, uh, these, these limited release products, um, due to COVID they basically, I think the last lottery they had this year was in February and Mm -hmm. they stopped it when the COVID started. And they said, because they haven't, they usually have throughout the year, but because they didn't do that, they've been able to accumulate a bunch of different really nice products like Weller, E.H. Taylor, and Roger Craig. Uh, so I think they're still going, they're still planning on doing lotteries this fall, like do, towards Christmas, um, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the yearly happy lottery um, yeah, and some, some other various different types of things. I've been hearing uh, uh, rumors about the happy selection this year. So pretty excited about that, but um, but in this instance, I guess it's annoying being a consumer when you, when you look at the, yes. uh, the way that Virginia ABC goes through this, Yeah, but I understand it because you want to, you want to have, give everybody a fair shake, not just the, the guys that have the in on, you know, they have the friend who works at the warehouse that says, Oh yeah, this is coming out tomorrow. So make sure you're there. Yeah. They're- they're not backdooring it. I mean, I, I kind of equate it now to um, sneaker collectors. Um, and that was one of the things that I was, I still can't kind of am heavy into where retail stores are backdooring pairs uh, or putting their friends' names on the list and stuff like that. And I don't know that I haven't invested enough time in the, the lotto system for Virginia ABC to really comment on it. But, you know, one of my, one of my things is, you know, I <laughs> you got to kind of earn the respect and trust. And I, I just don't trust very many people, <laughs> um, especially when it comes to limited release things. We, you know, in the sneaker in the sneaker realm, you know, people make my annual salary and then some reselling sneakers, limited release Jeez. sneakers. So it's not really any different with this where people are, you know, sending folks out and waiting and waiting online. Uh, securing the products and then reselling the bottles for 50% above what they paid or hundred percent markup or something like that. Um, so it's, uh, it's just kind of crazy times. And I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm just stuck on it, but I don't know why Blanton's has turned into this golden goose all of a sudden. Apparently um, um, it happened like overnight. I know that yeah, you mentioned this before, yeah. but I've talked to the, some of the ABC, um, ABC store clerks and they're like the ones that have been around for a while. And they're like, they just can't get over it. They're like, I don't know why Blanton's blew up, but it did. It, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Again, if anybody that's out there listening and knows any of this, just please reach out. Um, but Blanton's, I mean, Blanton's Buffalo trace Eagle rare. They're all made by the same distiller. And yep. so maybe they just, maybe they had a year where they didn't make as many 
and that happens that you know that happens the um you know depending on the type of year and the environment you know they you get what's called the angel share which is the evaporation um right so you'll have you'll sometimes have years where you you uh open up a barrel and it's half full you yeah. know just oh yeah depending on the environment uh global warming i suppose <laughs> where's al gore <laughs> the inconvenient truth brian that's the inconvenient truth um, of the angel share I know. Hey, they're do it. They 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 had a hard run. Some of them they earned it. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting the way Virginia ABC does this. But um, when it comes to any of these any of these limited release products, these specialty bourbons that we talk about on here, um, we you and I could easily go online and and order it tonight. But you're gonna you're gonna be paying yeah. for at least double the price. You know it's it's hard to find all these different bourbons and ryes and specialty specialty whiskeys and and pay MSRP for it. Right. And that that's the that's the game right there. And I, well, I was talking to you about this earlier this week. I was like, you know, trying to envision a period of time where uh, the state of Virginia didn't have their hand on alcohol sales. As far right. as the, you know, this aspect goes, you know, what that would be like going into a, a local liquor store and becoming best friends with a, <laughs> the owner, yeah. having him slide us different things that we're talking crap about now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, I guess it, when the, when the going's good, right. Good gets going. <laughs> um, I, for some reason I may have made this up in my mind, but don't, don't liquor sales through Virginia ABC go to pay for something in the infrastructure? I, maybe I'm making that up. I, I can't remember. It, now. They probably have that on paper somewhere. Yeah. You don't, you never know. I'm sure like, what is it? The, uh, how, half the taxes you pay for your County go to the school system. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. I'm but I'm sure, I'm sure they do put it back into the state somewhere. Like, or maybe it's the, the Virginia lottery. That's what goes back to the schools. Apparently. Yeah, whatever you you pay in tax if you take the lump sum yeah. or whatever the whatever yeah whatever it comes out to be. Oh, check this out. So, quick fact: uh, according to Virginia ABC's 2019 annual report, they generated over a billion in revenue through liquor sales. <laughs> That's unreal. That's pretty sweet. I believe it. I believe it. And I don't think. I think. I'd be curious to see what um, percentage is of whiskey. Yeah. Because when I go in, and I don't know if you've run into this scenario, but when I go in, I feel like I'm the only person buying bourbon. Yeah. Everybody's in there um, buying Tito's or Grey Goose or some sort of rum. Me and like, me and the old guys, man. Whenever I'm in there with old guys, they're always buying bourbon, but Everybody else, it seems like they're buying vodka or rum. Yeah, that's true. I even tonight there was a lady that was looking at. What the hell was she looking at? Crown. I think she was looking oh. at Crown, that good old Canadian whiskey. Um, but no, like you, yeah, you're right. The people are looking at mixers or clear. Wait, 
please tell me you remember what Ron Swanson's. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what he says about clear? No, no, clear... no. I know what you're talking about, but I can't. I don't remember what he said. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get that sound clip well, later. Well, that's nice. That's a nice segue now that you mentioned mixers because, um, rye, you know, out of all the different whiskeys, rye is the bartender's choice more times than not of um, the whiskey to, to use mixed drinks in. I right. guess it really pairs well with a bunch of mixers. Um, Rittenhouse rye. Rittenhouse 100 proof uh, straight rye whiskeys bottled in barn. So you know you got a good, a good quality. Um, that is a highly it's not highly sought after because it's readily available but it is used a lot in mixed drinks. Yeah. Gotcha. I think it's the, I think I was reading somewhere this week, some magazine listed the, um, like the official whiskey of the Manhattan, like the drink, mm-hmm. the Manhattan. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had Rittenhouse and, um, I remember you sent me that video, that TikTok video of that guy, um, doing those banana bread beer shots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried one of those. I can't find the beer. I found the I found the beer at a restaurant, um, Capital Ale House. Shout out Midlothian. Oh, cool. And, um, so and you can buy individual beers there. So I just bought three of them, and I brought them back to the house, and I tried it, and it was delicious. <laughs> I meant to tell you about that earlier, but it was delicious. It tasted like it tasted like banana bread. I'm, and I I kid you not, it tasted like banana bread. Yeah, I'm going to have to find that now, even if I have to go to Capitol Hill House. It's pretty wild. Um, oh, so real quick, um, I was looking at the annual report a little bit further, um, and it says $500 million dispersed to the Commonwealth's general fund. And in the general fund is education at 40%, health and, health and human resources at 30%, uh, General government thirteen percent, public safety ten percent, and other five percent. So they had a hundred, almost two hundred million in sales profit, another two hundred twenty-five million in retail taxes, eighty million in wine and beer taxes, and then from there it does go back into um, Virginia overall. Which is now I don't feel so bad about doing it. It's it's good to know that some of that is siphoned off to going back to education and things of that nature. So. I guess it could be worse. Hey, we're we're drinking for the kids, Brian. For, <laughs> what is what is Michael Scott for the cure? <laughs> Michael Scott, uh, the what? The, Dunder the Rabies Sprint. Foundation or whatever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting to battle a disease that's already been cured. There you go. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Now, I thought one of the most interesting things that I read this week, and, you know, Brian and I like to, you know, come a little bit prepared when we talk about different things so we don't sound like And, um, I, you know, you go down a rabbit hole when you start clicking links. And I started looking at mm-hmm. the way that they filter out um, the barrels. Once they decide, you know what, all right, it's been 10 years, let's, um, let's bottle this bad boy. And so, of course... Each um, each and every whiskey is filtered before they before it goes into a bottle. You know you don't want a bunch of the charred oak 
um, like sides of the barrel, you know, in your bottle. That's weird, and you don't want to drink that. So they they filter it out, and one of the ways they uh, one of the the methods to filter is called chill filtering, and um, I think this is pretty wild. You remember? I don't know if it was the first episode we did, Brian. You talked about putting your whiskey in the freezer. Oh, I think it was last episode. With yeah, the, with you the talked scotch. about that, and then you said that you pull it out, and it's it somewhat has like a, a syrup um, viscosity to it. Yeah, yeah, runs yeah, a little so, bit slower, um, and it kind of has like a cloudy haziness to it until it back up. So that's actually, yep. um, that's what chill filtering does. Chill filtering takes the cloudiness and the haziness out of the whiskey. Um, and what it is at low temperatures, um, there's a, a chemical compound in whiskeys um, that is such as like various fatty acids. And, and by chill filtering, you take that out. Um, so, so you okay. don't get that cloudy haziness look. Um, there's two sides to this. There's critics that don't like chill filtering because they think that it um, takes the flavor and the, the mouthfeel out of the bourbon or out, out of the whiskey in general. But, um, but they also don't like the cloudiness and the haziness of it either. So the flocculation point, <laughs> this, I'm, and I probably butchered that pronunciation, uh-huh. The flocculation point or the flock point is 46% ABV. So if you bottle that, bottle your whiskey above 40%, 46% ABV, then you don't have that, that fatty acid chemical compound when the, when the whiskey gets cool and, and lower in temperature. So a lot of guys huh. are like, you know, they just choose, a lot of distillers choose to bottle their whiskey at a higher ABV. So they don't have to chill filter, which I think when like when I was reading it, they said the goal of chill filtering is to maximize the flavor and aroma, but then all the critics of it say that it takes away the flavor and the aroma and the mouthfeel. So, right, I guess really what they're the sticking point is the haziness and cloudiness look, but it's only when it gets when it gets low in temperature. I guess when you're transporting um the 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 bottles you know various parts of the country time of year it gets cold you're in warehouses it gets cold so i can understand that but um you know i guess my viewpoint on it i would i would lean towards not doing that because i don't want to take anything away from it you know true i guess the the counter not necessarily a counterpoint to that or a rebuttal, but um, if you've tried something in one capacity, what's the harm in trying the same thing in another, in another fashion. So if I know I like going back to, to John Walker and sons, if I, if I go back to Johnny Walker gold and I've had it neat, I've had it at room temperature. I've had it fresh out of the freezer. I've had it with a splash of water. I've had it with, you know, whiskey stones. Um, I, and I just happen to prefer it, you know, cold and then let it warm up a little bit. Um, 
so I, I I'd like to hang my hat on the the fact that I've tried it most every which way. Um, so that way I, I get the full effect. That's one of the reasons why, like with the neck pour of any new bottle, there's no water in it. There's no ice in it. There's no mixer in it. It's just, it is what it is in its purest form. Um, so as long as you're doing, as long as you're doing you boo <laughs> and you, and you're enjoying it. I mean, that I think that's, I think that's all that really matters. But, um, for me, there's no right or wrong way, really, unless you just start throwing, you know, a whole bottle of water in your bourbon or your Agreed. scotch or your rye or what, anything like that. So, um, that's a, we but, should, uh, we should keep that question yeah, in our back yeah. pocket when we talk to, um, uh, if we ever are able to talk to that reservoir distillery, you know, we, I'd like, I'd like to know mm-hmm. if they, uh, if they've ever chilled a still or chill filter, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I, 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 I've never been to Reservoir, and again, you know, mentioning their name a bunch of times probably isn't <laughs> going to help us out in any capacity. But, um, yeah, I can't. It's been pretty quiet where we are, so I don't know if there's a whole lot of folks going in and out of the distillery. I mean, there could be, but um, maybe they'd be willing to take a chance on you know two yuckle right. pucks that are. <laughs> that are sort of cutting their teeth on, on this side of it. But um, yeah, hey, it, it's it'd be worth a shot. If you don't think um, you're great, least... no one else will. Right. You got to, it's all in the mindset. But uh, yeah, I think I agree. And I think some of these, you know, craft distillers, they don't get a lot of foot traffic because they're just not a widely known, I suppose. Like uh, Macaulay's in, in Evington, yeah, which is where I was yeah. married. I had no idea it was there. And, and Effington is not very big. It, it has a right. post office. I mean, it's in the outskirts of Lynchburg, Virginia. But um, it is not very big. And my aunt and uncle, or my aunt and uncle-in-law, they know just about everybody there, and they don't even know where it is. So. Jeez. I, th- I think I have a bottle of Macaulay's, too. I think it's back. Yeah, you showed me one. when we were going through your cabinet. Yeah. But I, I've wild. had that bourbon. It was a good bourbon. I, I can't say that it was bad. Um, I would like to get yeah, there too. Absolutely. Next time I'm in the Lunsburg, uh, the Liberty University Metropolis. <laughs> I swear it. It's not even, it's you, not baby. even Lynchburg anymore. It's just Liberty. Yep. It is Flames, like a baby, small all day. city. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Daniel, the one that's based in Nashville, went to school there and it was, it was, liberty and then they were building the city <laughs> around it so there there was like there wasn't a whole lot of stuff there when he was at school there and then um like for his graduation four years later it was like a metropolis oh yeah it's pretty wild i mean it's every time i go Wait, see didn't, my wife's didn't, family there they've built something new yep didn't jerry falwell jr get caught with like his pants unzipped yeah, or something in a, yeah <laughs> like a candid photo and uh, not a good look. He, was, he like called into a radio station and was interviewed. And he uh, apparently the the radio, um, the person who was interviewing him thought he was drunk. I don't know, Ooh. so don't don't uh, quote me on that. But it sounded like he was drunken when he was talking. I, I heard the recording of it. I thought he sounded drunk. But um, yeah, not not a not Just a good look for the out there. Calls. Just out there well, living his best life. I saw a, a, 
a link today that I think he's suing Liberty University for like um, defamation of character or something like that. I'm not, he, I think I know he's suing. Literally. I don't know what it's exactly for. "Quote unquote," ruining huh. his life, brother. You did that to yeah. yourself. Sorry, I hate to say it, but <laughs> leave your pants on and I'm zipped yeah. up. Yeah, get but off anyway, that. <laughs> um, yeah, we are way down the rabbit hole here. Good lord, um, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the weekend. You've got some exciting things coming up Saturday. I mean, we don't have to share with the public, but uh, no, nope, looking. Uh, you know, the misses and I are yeah, the misses and I are super pumped for you guys. Hopefully, big yeah, things are on the horizon. Uh, we've been. It's always been a dream of mine uh, to have a piece of property so I can start my Christmas tree farm. But um, we have been looking, not not super hard, but we've been looking. Uh, I guess for the past two months or so, and we've. We've looked at one house. Uh, land was beautiful, but the house was a bust. So, uh, you know, you're not living outside. Yeah. You got to live in a house, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what you what you guys experience when you go look at this other place uh, this weekend. That's going to be yeah, super I, I super sweet. Out. So, not getting my hopes up though. Right, and we you and I talked about yeah, that. I was uh, <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole last night started looking up uh, prices of equipment. Sam's like, Hey, you need to pump the brakes. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Got to get the place first. So, well, that's awesome. Well, and I, you know, not to take time away from our, our podcast or anything, but uh, I know you guys have to pass the house on the way out <laughs> and back. So if you want to stop off here, that's right. Come on back. Four. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Back-to-back episodes, <laughs> dare I say? We're going to – I'm going to um, but yeah, put a little teaser out there. Brian and I were talking this past week about um, doing a Scotch series and a, a Scotch series based on the different regions of Scotland. Uh, the Highlands, the Lowlands, yep. Bayside, Isla, the different kinds of whiskeys that are uh, – the Scotch that's produced there. Um, the methods they do that differ per region. And we're going to bring on, uh, on Brian's cousin. He's kind of a, I guess the most expert scotch we know, right? The biggest Smee, the biggest. I don't think that I know anybody else (laughs) that would even hold a candle. So um, we're going to bring him on and have him kind of as a guest to take this through that journey into Scotland. And I can't wait. I can I can already hear the bagpipes <laughs> in the background. Should we have a should we have a, a clip like a loop of bagpipes just play the entire series? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it was a good thought. Maybe well, maybe as an intro, we can try to find some. I'm bagpipes. excited. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm hesitant because I'm not crazy big on smoky scotch, as I've I found out this week. <laughs> found out this week the hard way. Wait. What did you equate its palate to? What did you say? The Copenhagen cut? straight. When I used to, there you go. I used to dip snuff. I used to dip <laughs> snuff at, and I was a big wintergreen guy. Copenhagen wintergreen. And I opened up that bottle of McClellan's, and I I poured it, and I smelled it, and I was like, oh my god! They just soaked Copenhagen straight in water and put it in a bottle. Oh, like I, man. I, it took me a second to 
build the gumption to even just try it. I was like, man, this is this is not going to well, go well. <laughs> oh, but well, I'm hoping that uh, yeah, well, that well, my palate changes and I can appreciate McClellan's for what it is. Yeah, we gotta we gotta start looking at some uh, distiller lists and find out you know what what the bigger ones in those. Uh, five regions are and if we can get our hands on them here in the states um and then start to do our series yeah, let me from just there. Uh, let me just go ahead but, and email uh, jim McEwen, have him come on the podcast <laughs> there you go i'm sure he's not i'm sure he's not doing a thing i think right he's now. enjoying retirement <laughs> although he's probably not even i think he's retired but you know he's one of those old guys that never actually retire yeah, yeah. they just say they're retired Sweet. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. And I, you know, I've had numerous conversations with Monty, my cousin, and he's, uh, he's pretty pumped. He, he's, he's ready to, to hop in and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to have him on, um, and have him share his thoughts and give us a little bit of a history lesson. I mean, he's, he's all, he's very well read. Um, he's a smart, smart guy. So I, I think you and I are going to enjoy it as well as the, the, the fellow podcasters. So. Um, it's gonna be a good time. Yep. Well, that uh, seems like a, pl- a good place to wrap it up this week. Um. Yeah, I think so. Good. Uh, good suggestion on the mixers. Yeah, I am a was, fan. I'm. This that is was a. This is a ride that I rye. think that I can. Uh, I would be comfortable with drinking on a daily basis, and uh, I would be comfortable with introducing to someone who you know is kind of like me who doesn't really like rye that much. Yeah, good call. So, Excellent. Yeah, that's a Excellent. good pickup. I'm glad we did that. Yep, definitely. All right, man. Well, I guess until uh, right. until next time. See you guys.